Fesser. Fesser, the delivery right by Adams. Rebound! It's Bjork Olsen! And Vermont Green up two! Cohen claims a body. Kobe over the goalie and Vermont Green in front again. Ryan Kobe. Salvez. O'Neal the turn. Mark O'Neal. Ridiculous stuff. Oh, baby, Mark O'Neal, that was a delight. Finds a way to get it to Lilly, who gets it to Nwagbo. He puts it on target. Oh, Diva Nwagbo did it from the sideline. Diva Nwagbo, highlight reel, and we've got our... Hey, this is United in Green. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's Vermont Green's favorite podcast. Uh, happens to be the only one, but, you know, we'll live with that for now. Tonight, uh, we have uh, a returning champion, uh, Tyson, coming back to us. Uh, he was on last week, filled in for Will. Uh, Will is out this week, so Tyson's back. How you doing, Tyson? I'm doing fantastic. It's been a beautiful day outside. Finally, some sunny weather after the, you know, last week's monsoon disaster. I've been enjoying it. Uh, dude, I hear that, man. Like, we needed some nice, nice weather. Um, and, uh, we also have another special guest on because our other host, uh, Tyler, the creator is out, uh, today we have, uh, we have, have Wicked Spursy's own Steve. Uh, how you doing, Stevie? Uh, I'm doing great, Mike. I was just sitting here wondering if you're Vermont's, Vermont Green's favorite podcast and you're the only podcast, does that also make you the least favorite podcast? Yeah, it does make us the least least favorite podcast as well. But you know, man, these default titles are really <laughs> sticking it to you, huh? You know, they 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 get you coming and going, Steve. You know, as they say. I know, I know, uh, all too you, well. Yeah, how you been, man? Hey, you know, pretty good. It was, you know, just to to chime in with everybody else. Weather's been fantastic. Nice to see some sun. A little sad to see that it goes away just in time for the weekend, but you know, I'll, I'll take what I can get for now. Yeah, I mean, we and we do have a weekend match coming up, so uh, we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, you know, for me, uh, again, you know, I had to sit for about I don't know fourteen hours last week in that rain uh, through Lucas's soccer tournaments uh, down at the tree farm, and uh, and then in that torrential downpour that, that came down the second half against Western Mass Pioneers. Um, but again, yeah, sunny. It's nice to see the sun and, and it's nice to get, to get back to actual like approaching summer temperatures. So um, on the first day of summer, oh, nope, second day of summer. Um, there you go. I blew that one. The solstice was last night and that's probably why we had the result we had, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what other but, reason is there? There isn't any, any other reason. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right, 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 right. Wait, the, the team was good. The team was good. Um, but let's uh, let's start off. Uh, let's break down this Western Mass game because there's there's been a couple of things that have been bothering me. Um, and 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 it has it's kind of revolves around the overall um, the overall refereeing job that's been taking place in, in, in USL two and, and beyond even um, we saw like even up into champions league, we saw in, in European football, we saw Jose Mourinho lose his mind uh, on a referee. Um, and today he quit his uh, board position uh, at UEFA. Um, 
you know, I mean, so it even goes up to those high levels of, of, of high level professional football. Um, but that's kind of been eating at me a little bit, especially that Western mass game. But um, Tyson, you want to, you want to get us rolling here uh, on kind of what you saw in that game? Well, I, I think that in terms of the way that the green go about kind of doing their pressing and attacking we saw in the game yesterday against Boston exactly what the green were trying to do against Western Mass but couldn't do against Western Mass which is be able to push the ball up the field through the flanks but then be able to get balls into the middle into the dangerous places not necessarily just through you know crosses or kind of long hopeful balls that weren't really on target which is the case against which is what happened against the pioneers but against boston we were able to get good incisive passing that opened up shots for below kamal um and you know zange had a couple uh you know they may have been long range attempts but that's exactly what we were trying to do against western mass and we couldn't Just because, you know, like, honestly, the standard of defending for Western Mass versus Boston, the Boston Bolts, very, very different. But I think that we really didn't seem like we had a plan B against Western Mass. We had all the possession. We had all of the kind of attacking thrust, but no other way of no one was able to break down that kind of low central block that they had right in front of the goal. Yeah, I, I totally agree. A uh, lot of pressing, a lot of pressing uh, from Western mass, like straight off the top. And then for some reason, they, they kind of abandoned that, um, you know, probably about 20 minutes in after they had scored that goal. I, I think that Vermont's Vermont's issue, you know, like you said, getting the ball, getting the ball in was, was pretty tough, but um, I think they had a lot of the, like they had all of the better chances uh, with the exception of a couple of, a couple of chances that Christopherson, you know, ushered away in in the second half. There were a couple of really good chances, but outside of that, that first half Vermont green were dominant Uh, shots were 11 to one. um, That one goal that went in and that was just kind of a, that that was a bad ball from Messer uh, that that went in and and got intercepted and and brought back across and and, and caught Zach Zach Barrett and Nate Jones out, out of position at that at that time because they thought they were moving forward and attack it, it just and then the rest of the game the like ball, the referee the let it literally the ball literally deflected off of a green player directly in front it fell directly to a Western Mass player who smoked it in and. Other than that, they didn't really have any kind of attack. It no. was pure, pure luck. And yeah, I think that allowed them just to kind of sit back, waste time. The referee let the game get out of hand, which really, which really, you know, there were a couple, there were a couple of uh, easy, easy red cards for me in that game. Um, and one was the challenge on uh, on Dylan Lane um, that he got taken down from behind and it was i mean there were some cynical challenges as they say right the cynical challenge 
But, uh, you know, I, I, the referee let the game get out of hand. And and and, and that, I think he took the game from Vermont Green. Um, that on top of the weather was not good. So, like, sitting back and defending is much easier when you have a when you have a team that's, you know, trying all they can to attack and you have the rain kind of on your side. What do you think about that, Steve? Yeah, I think, Tyson, what you said about the lack of a plan B was incredibly apparent. You know, what Vermont Green does, they do incredibly well, easily one of the best, if not the best in our division by a mile. Um, even the uh, 3-1 loss that we had against, you know, Seacoast was almost like a fluke, right? Like a, a lot of the work that the Green were doing is in that, you know, attacking, pressing, hounding, and it's effective, except when it's not, there's nothing else really for them to do. It's like they don't really have any idea of, of well, okay, now what? You know, if we give them the ball and we let them on to us, then we're on the back foot and that's less comfortable. Um, so it's just an unfortunate situation where against Western Mass, yeah, they got their lucky goal and they didn't really need to do anything else because they packed the box. They kept the ball out. Green didn't have any other, uh, you know, creative options going on. You can change personnel, but the tactics were relatively consistent. Um, you know, it, it's tough, man. It's it's really tough. But, you know, you get those sometimes. Sometimes the luck goes against you. I, I do agree that the ref did kind of make some really questionable calls there. I, I don't typically like to blame the ref because, you know, it's kind of the same on both sides. But, I mean, on both sides of the ball, he was terrible. Um, Steve, you're supposed to agree with me. I I, I, th- I feel like you're just leaving me hanging. I mean, it, it's just one <laughs> of those things, right? Like, it, and it's kind of funny, you know, just speaking as like a supporter sitting in the stands with the atmosphere, uh, I, I, I have to say, you know, games aside, I just love the energy that the green brings to the community. Everybody is just getting up on their feet. They're like yelling, they're cheering, they're going after the ref for the exact same thing. Um, the, the funny thing to me is, you know, they're few and far between people who understand why they're going after the ref. Um, you know, it's just like, they're doing something wrong. You know, we, we got to get after him, but, uh, our guy fell down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's 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 but that's part of the community building. Right. Like that's that's what makes Vermont Green such a special team for me personally is like everything settles down. And then, you know, my wife will come over and like, OK, so what happened there? Or, you know, somebody, uh, you know, a couple rows back. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, that was an offside decision. This is what offside means. Like I, it helps me to kind of explain what's going on. And then they start to understand it. And that just kind of solidifies the love for it. So um, we saw, I, in my opinion, I think we saw a lot of that uh, love transition from Western Mass into uh, what we saw just yesterday um, against Boston, because that to me is 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 what helps push the team forward. The weather having an impact, yeah, it, it sucks to play in. It's really difficult to control the ball, to understand where it's going to go, especially at, at this level of play. Um, but it also is is difficult when you don't quite have that crowd support behind you that you're used to. I mean, sellout crowd on, on a Wednesday night, incredible. You get maybe, what, half of that, if I'm being generous, uh, on a rainy Saturday, you know, it's, 
it's got to have some kind of a psychological impact on the players as well. Um, you know, they're pushing for it. They want to get the results. You know, the, the guys, the players, they're incredibly humble. Um, you know, they know how much it means to the community. Unfortunately, against Western Mass, they just they just couldn't get it. You know, not for lack of trying. It just wasn't their night. And like, honestly, I do feel like I have to say that like at this level of competitive soccer, competitive football, the whatever ref you get, that's a total crapshoot. They're all part timers. This is not their full time job. They can't, you know, say I'm going to do this day in day out i will know how to you know correctly interpret every single rule i will you know keep control of the game because this is my job you know like for all we know this guy you know was is the manager of the bennington dunkin donuts you know you have no idea who who you're going to get so i feel like yes we can blame the ref yes there are some bad calls but at the end of the uh, end of the day you know, you're still going to have to beat the team that's put in front of you. And they didn't, and, and they just didn't. Like they, um, there were a lot of those crosses that were finding that were finding no one. You know, um, it, there were a lot of a, a lot of uh, chances on the inside uh, that that just weren't falling. I mean, we had plenty of opportunities to score, and uh, and for whatever reason you know, things just didn't fall our way. And that, that's, that's football though. That's, that's why we keep coming back, you know, outside of, outside of our love for the, for the team, right. And for the, and for the club. And one yeah, of the reasons right. we keep coming back is that you never know what's going to happen at a soccer game. Yeah. And frankly, for some of these younger guys, these, you know, new timers to the team, it's, it's a learning experience for them too. Like, yeah, they've played their collegiate, you know, sport during the the school year, but it's a different atmosphere, you know, especially when you're a team like the green, who's used to being so dominant steamrolling players, when things don't go your way, it's, you know, it's something else you have to figure out as a person, as a player. Um, it, it's not something that just comes naturally. You really need to have it in you to kind of double down, you know, find that optimism, find that perseverance and really push for it. Um, and you know, when you're not used to having to do that, it can be difficult. It, it really is. Um, I, not that I know because when I played soccer, my team always lost. So I was kind of used to losing, <laughs> but, um, you know, it helped me persevere <laughs> anyway. Like I still had fun with it, but it is something you do need to learn. It's a psychological barrier that some of these guys need to overcome. Well, but then speaking of that, let's move on to something more fun to talk about, which was last night's match. Um, I love, love, love Bazzini. Yeah. Like something, something that we were kind of missing from that, that uh, Western mass game was that large presence, that large presence, uh, the true number nine, you know, sitting there in, in front of goal and, you know, and playing hold up and, and, you know, being able to take some of those headers that were, or some of those, uh, some of those crosses and head them in, or, or, you know, play the ball to, to feet and, and, and um, make a turn and, and, and make the right decision on, on whether to shoot or pass. Like the, we had been missing that a little bit and nothing, not to take anything away from, you know, um, from Alfie at all. Um, but 
you know, last night Bazzini's uh, debut uh, turned out to be all we knew it could be, you know, with a guy his size and his skill level. Um, I, I really think that like last night coming out party for him. Um, and in, in my, in my mind, it was him. Um, it was Musa and I was, was huge. Um, I think like everybody, everybody on the team had a, basically everybody on the team had a good game. Um, I think that, you know, Nate Jones, like, you know, I named myself Nate Jones. It's massive. Um, I, I think that him, he's a rock in that, in, in that box. Um, the way that he positions his body, the way that he moves with the ball. Um, and last night, like you said, Tyson, like was a perfect example of what they're trying to do against Western mass. And I think you need a game against a team like this, to kind of teach yourself how to move within that system as a player. Um, you saw at times, um, you saw Barrett getting way forward. You saw Nate Jones getting way forward. Nate Jones was in the box a few times. Um, you know, I mean, in, in this type of a system, like the way that we defend so high, um, it, it I think allows, allows for your center backs to actually become more involved in the attack. And I love it. I just love it. And, you know, honestly, I think that one of the things that really stood out to me the most is that uh, Bazzini scored three very different goals from, you know, we had the kind of poacher's goal where the ball fell into, you know, the penalty box after the corner. Um, everything was just stern around. He saw it. He made the first move, lashed it in. We had, you know, um, I think that the second one was, that was a header from across, right? I, I watched the game again uh, this afternoon, but but yeah, you know, great header. Um, and then the third was just a classic, you know, running down the channel off the shoulder of the center back, beautiful pass and move to get onto that great finish. Three very different goals. And, you know, I think the thing that really struck me and kind of like the difference between him and Nacho, who I love who I think still, he still has five goals this year for us, Nacho. Nacho is like, he's an attack dog. He goes out there, he is pressing the defensive midfield of the opposition. He is pressing their defense. He's getting balls back. He is going and getting down and dirty. Bazzini, yeah, he'll go and like lay in a tackle, but I don't see that same kind of like pressing forward mentality from him which is totally fine because the rest of the midfield and the rest of the defense does that for the green and he's there solely thinking about attack when you have yeah when you have guys like nacho and dylan dylan lane to to do the pressing your number nine your number nine can be that guy that can receive ball can receive the ball to the to, to foot and 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 be a playmaker if he has to or you know be a straight up shooter and dude that that finish on that breakaway goal was was something else man i mean that was a nice finish 
Yeah, but the other thing that it does, somebody like Mazzini, he opens up space in the field that wouldn't otherwise be open if everybody was pressing, right? When you've got that constant press, it gets really compact, which which does work to the greens, you know, it, it works out for them because they do get wide players out to receive those balls and take advantage of the space that's left in the channels, but there's nobody centrally that can really take advantage of that, Um and when he comes in, it's just an added layer of depth, right? Not only do you have that midfield press that's kind of bringing everything tight. Like I saw, I I, I could count, you know, dozens of times in the first half alone where D'Agostini was just by himself waiting to receive the ball. And then right directly in line with him, you have Bazzini who's, you know, holding up two uh, defenders there, keeping them honest, keeping them, uh, you know, a little bit further back from the west, uh, the rest of the midfield. You know, that's the type of play that, you know, boom, 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 you've got three passes and all of a sudden you're in, you, you're creating those chances. Um, some unselfish play that maybe uh, certain guys could have, you know, been a little bit more selfish taking the shots instead of trying to be a little too fancy in and around the box. But that's what you love to see from the team though, right? You love to see them opening spaces for each other, making use of those, you know, triangles that you see, uh, you know, they drill it in at such a young level. Um, it, it's just great to see that level of, of cohesion amongst the team. And and yeah, he, to me, he does open things up just enough to make it that much more effective. Uh, but he, he's a dynamic, he's a different type of player, right? He slots in, he offers something different. Nacho slots in, he's a completely different guy. He's going to offer something completely different, which is frankly what you need, right? We were talking just a few minutes ago about not having that plan B. Now we have a plan B. You know, if Bassini's not cutting it, swap him out, get somebody else in there and and really try to force the issue a bit more. If that doesn't work, then you've got the Bazzini type to come in there and be that target man, Right. Um, so hopefully with, you know, the, the last half of the season coming down, we'll see a little bit more of that, like plug and play. Let's, let's try to shift things around, shift our personnel based on, um, you know, what kind of defense we're playing against, what kind of team formation tactics, uh, and, and hopefully it makes us more effective. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, in the end, like you said, that as the season goes on, you're going to, you are going to shift team, team players, uh, you are going to shift your tactics. Um, you you have to in order to keep things fresh because you don't want to become predictable, right? As a team, um, the other thing that I that I think that you know is really important in this league, uh, in my mind, is that you have to win your home games. It's it's an absolute imperative. Like you have to win your your home games because. If you don't, then you have to go and play the, those other good teams on the road. Um, you know, it's fine to be a good road team, but you have to win those home games because there's no guarantees, no matter how good you're playing uh, at the time, that you're going to go on the road and, and win those games. So it's it, like you, games against Western Mass, games against uh, Pathfinder, AC Connecticut, those, uh, you know, the other two middle table teams. Um those are going to be super important too, but you have to win those home games. And, and I think that, you know, you can get healthy playing a team like Boston, either the Boston teams, you know, Albany, um, but you never know what you're going to get against the Pathfinder against the Connecticut, you know, you play them once. Um, 
so there's there's no like I said, there's no guarantees in the end. Uh so we're looking forward to this weekend, right? It's... Yes, we are we're supposed to <laughs> pour again, but it's gonna be our uh one game against AC Connecticut. Yeah in their faux uh faux AC Milan logo and jersey, apparently. Uh it's still kind of disgusts me. I'm just going and looking at it right here on the schedule. And it's just, you know, at least like everyone else, Western Mass, they've got their flaming soccer ball. The Bolts, they have their, you know, kind of faux San Diego Chargers logo. Like everyone's got something unique. And then AC Connecticut, it's just straight up ripping off Syria. They don't even try, do they? Like, no. that's enough to piss you off. It, it, like... <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, I mean, Connecticut, I, I don't know anything about this team. I didn't do my research. Uh, I, I usually do my research. I didn't do my research today. Steve, did you do any research? Uh, surprisingly, a little bit. Yeah, I know well, enough that they're sniffing at the heels. They're in that, you know, top half of the, the very small table. But, you know, they're not that far behind. You know, two results going in their favor and against us, and they swap positions. Um, but the entire league's kind of like that. With so few games and so few teams – you know, like you were saying, every single point counts, especially the home games. Uh, I think this is going to be a big home game. Absolutely. Each each of them are. But when you've got another rainy day forecast and we were talking about some potential psychological issues of not maybe having as many uh, supporters, you know, rallying behind you and trying to push that momentum forward. It's going to be crucial that this team goes out there and they apply that pressure, keep the pressure, and do not let Connecticut in the game. You know, it, it, it could very easily be another uh, Western Mass type situation where just a fluke goal, putting them ahead, uh, turns into just disaster. Because are we going to be able to do that again? On the flip side, hopefully they would have experienced that not too long ago and would be able and willing to to show that, hey, you know what, we can do something with this. I do think that from what I've seen of the green this season, they have an incredible bounce back mentality. When something doesn't go their way, they turn it around quickly. We saw it midweek, three, nothing, you know, yes, you can talk about the, the quality of the opposition, but even past that, like after the Seacoast loss, they went on a string of really convincing great wins. I would expect to see something similar against Connecticut. And Connecticut, you know, they're they're not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination. They will be tough. Um, but I don't really feel as nervous about it as I might if, you know, we were on a winning streak going into it. Like that, to me, feels like the perfect game to trip up. But because we're on the back of a loss, we just had that bounce back win. I think we're going to see some of that momentum start to pick up. I think we're going to see the green take it to Connecticut. And I think we're going to come away with another win. And I'm just right here, just looking at Connecticut's past couple of games. Basically, they have either drawn, lost by one, won by one in every single game, except when they beat Boston City for nothing. So I feel like this is a team and they also have not played uh, either Western Mass or Seacoast yet. So basically they're at uh, three wins, 
three draws, two losses, playing essentially the bottom feeders of our very small league. We're the first of the you know top three teams that they're playing. I think that if you know they were coming away with a huge goal differential against any of these um you know kind of not as good teams let's be honest i'd be a lot more concerned i i agree with you steve i think that this is a really good opportunity for the green to you know go out and kind of put the bogey of the garbage we- uh weather to rest okay <laughs> um again i don't like to I don't like to make uh, predictions. Um, that that Steve, Seacrest game got you, got you shook. It did, man. It did. Um, we got revenge for them coming up at the end of the month. You know, just give it a week. Mm-hmm. Listen, you know, I, I talked to I talked to a couple of the players last night uh, from the Boston Bolts coming out of the coming out of the parking lot, and I said, uh, I said, what's what's the what's the hardest team to play in this league? Um, they said Western Mass. And I said, which team do you hate to play the most? They said Seacoast because they're dirty. Because yep, they're dirty players. Yeah. Um, so I said, where's your, where's, what's the most fun to play? And he said, Vermont. They said, Vermont. Uh, it happened to be uh, our, our friend number six that we gave a lot of crap to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that poor right back. Um, you know, I mean, we give a lot of crap to him and, and, you know, it, he, he took it well and he was laughing after, after the game, but, um, in the end, we have to remember these are all kids, right. But, um, I can't, I'm trying, I'm trying to stay away from making a, a bone, a boneheaded prediction. Um, so Here, I'm I'll, just... I'll throw you a softball, Mike. I'll throw you a softball. Okay. There's another very important game coming up in our division that's not the green tomorrow. One one. Tomorrow, Pioneers play Seacoast. Who do you have for that one? You feel one, comfortable about making a prediction it's, there? It's a one-one draw. I would I love so. a one-one draw. That would be great. That would be, but that would be the best for us, um, for for our club. But um, I, I think that's going to be uh, that's going to be a really hard-fought game. Um, I think I think that both those teams um don't have any fear. Like I, I don't think Vermont Green fears any team. I don't think those other two teams fear any teams uh when either when they're on the on the road or, or at home. So and I think that's what's gonna that's what sets t- these three top three teams apart from the other teams in this league is that they don't have any fear going into games. They they know that their players are all very good. Um, and that no matter who they put on the field, it's going to be a good product on the field. It wasn't like we got blown out against Seacoast. It was one goal that led to that led to floodgates opening because they say, sat back and one, played defense. It was one very good goal from Seacoast and then two kind of garbage fluky goals. Yeah, because yeah, because we didn't defend well on corners. Um, so like we dominated the game against Western mass too. I mean, like the, the, the time, the time of possession, I mean, we, we were looking at probably, you know, 60, 40 uh, on possession. So, I mean, both those games, Vermont green, I, I think is a team that will go out there. They'll dominate the game. Um, 
in possession, which usually yields results. I mean, Pep Guardiola will will tell you, you know, uh, his system his system works. He also he also ruins soccer because he doesn't let his players shoot from, you know, outside the outside the box. Um, but <laughs> that's just my that's just my theory. I think that this game is going to be uh, is going to be very telling to to sh- and it's going to show us what's going to happen for the rest of the season. Um, and if we come if we happen to come away with a win in the shitty weather. I think I think that uh we're going to go on a run of games where um we're going to be ranked in the in the top 10 in the in the in the power rankings in the nation if we come away with a win. I mean, I think that, you know, just kind of looking at we have Seacoast coming up again. Yes, we we've got the away game versus Seacoast, we've got Blackrock, we've got the away game against Pioneers, then Pathfinder in Boston, you know, we, we've got three home games left, including the game on Saturday. I mean, if we come out of this with, you know, no more than, you know, one loss or one draw, I think that that sets up us up really, really well for the end of the year to be, if not the top, one of the top two teams. Yep. Stevo, yes, Mike. You look like you look like you're deep in thought. Like you got something on your mind, like you want to say. But um, you know, here's the thing: uh, we're we're coming up on time. So, um, what I do want to do is get to some final thoughts, um, and those can be anything that you want uh, to talk about. Uh, it doesn't have to be about soccer. It doesn't have to be about Vermont Green. If you got something on your mind, uh, let's talk about it because you know we know that this podcast, that these podcasts can be also therapy not just us gloating about our team or, you know, bitching about the performance that was, you know, put in the week before. So um, I want to go to Steve first with his final thoughts. Yeah. And I think I'm just going to echo, you know, some of my thoughts from earlier in the show and just that I, I really have a great appreciation for the green community Um, Everybody that shows up at the games, you know, sellout crowd or not, it's always, you know, respectful people, uh, whether it's their first time at a green game or their, you know, 20th time, it it really doesn't make a difference. Everybody acts the same. They're excited. They're energized. You know, they want to feel that that camaraderie. and you, you start to recognize people like, you know, we've been sitting, uh, you know, my family and I, we've been sitting in the same spot all season, pretty much. Um, and we're recognizing that some of the people around us, some of the families that we get, they're the same people. So we start to see them, we start to make those connections. And it's just a really beautiful thing to to have that, right? Like, yeah, we're we're season ticket holders, but like, at a big club where they've got like assigned seats, and you've got your season ticket, you go and you sit in your spot, and you know, those people. Um, it's a little bit different, right? Like we don't have those assigned seats. We get our season tickets. We could sit wherever. And a lot of these people are choosing to be in the same places and they're, they're building that stuff. I think that's such a fantastic thing, but not just that, like scrolling through the greens, Instagram, uh, their stories that they've shared, you know, other people, uh, who have tagged them. I, I recognize people like, Hey, I used to work with that guy. Hey, you, we used to be neighbors. Hey, I know you from the restaurant down the street. Like, it's just such an incredible feeling. It's something that, uh, you know, I, 
I've been missing, uh, you know, having lived in Vermont for the last, I don't know, 14, 15 years at this point, um, you know, having grown up in New Jersey and having a, a bit more competitive sports just in my backyard, it's nice to have finally something that achieves that level of competition for me, that level of community. Um, so I'm just very appreciative of everything that the green has done, uh, everything that the community has brought to it. And I, I, I hope it lasts for many years to come. Awesome. Tyson. I mean, you know, just kind of talking about community community is, you know, something that I feel like people, you know, people are seeking that out and we're finding it at these games with the Vermont green. I mean, at, at the game, Yesterday, I remember, you know, we were we were singing along in a corner and I turned around and you know what, for the first time that I really noticed, there were all the other folks who were in the South stands with us, not right on the rails with the Green Mountain Boys, but all the people sitting in the back stands were joining in with the LA chants we got a wave going. Jason was going and running back and forth in front of everybody, getting it going from one end of the stadium to the other. Um, and, you know, I feel like the the Green Mountain Boys and the Vermont Green is definitely a community that, that I am super happy and super proud to be a part of. And I feel that, you know, there's got to be more people who are coming to these games who get to experience the atmosphere, just enjoy being out in uh, a beautiful field with other beautiful people watching the beautiful game who are finding their community. And like, that's awesome. That's such a privilege to be a part of. And, you know, I can't wait to be out there on Saturday. Totally agree. Uh, my final thoughts, uh, you know, I had these picked out before we got on today. So it's, 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 it's pretty amazing that like we're, we're all, ha we all have this kind of same thought uh, process going on. And that was, um, you know, in our other podcast, we sometimes get these, we get comments about how, you know, we don't understand, be, you know, we don't necessarily understand Tottenham Hotspur because, and you see it on Twitter all the time. And I know Twitter's a, a cesspool, cesspool, but yeah. Um, <laughs> and you see this stuff, they, but you don't understand because you're American. You don't understand what it's like because we bitch and complain um, as Spurs fans, not just about our club, but about, you know, the ownership group and all this. And we, we don't, we don't bitch about that about the ownership group the same way that people from London who, who live there and live in those communities do. Um, and, you know, we say, this is an owner. He's not going to change his mind. You know, you're not going to get him to change his mind. We have different thought processes on, you know, hashtag Levy out or whatever, or whatever it might be. Glazers out. If you're a man, you fan, you know, we, we don't have that same sense of community, but we do now. You know, this, these are the, these are the things that soccer can in, in, um, sport can do for a community. Um, I think soccer mostly because I think soccer has, has probably the most passionate fans in the world. Um, it's, it's the largest, it's the largest sport in the world. 
And I think that soccer is able to build community like any other sport can. Um, and we have found that. And now like for myself, for my family, we can experience what those folks who grew up in North London, you know, those folks that, that grew up in, in, in like Brighton and, and, and Brentford and the smaller towns, Coventry, you know, and Reading, like those guys, that's their community club, whether you have that billion dollar stadium um, like the Emirates or like Tottenham Hotspur stadium, you know, or, you know, it, it you, still have that sense of community because those, those clubs are community-based clubs. And what Vermont Green has done for us has given us that opportunity to have that same feeling, to, to fall in love with something and have the passion for a sport, not just a sport, but for our, for a club, for a group of, of folks. And we have the added bonus of it being pre-professional so that it's, we get to fall in love with a new group of players every single year and some returning players. And, and I just love that about, about Vermont green. And um, as much as like, we might have a, you know, a down season here and there, that's part of the ride that you go on. Um, and, and they've built the, a bigger community for everybody. And like you said, everybody is getting involved now. Everybody's getting involved and it's and it's really really wonderful and and I uh, I have to thank all of you guys and I have to thank the Vermont Green for that and I have to thank all these players you know Vermont Green is massive everywhere we go. Well so, said. So for that, uh, for that, we're gonna sign off. Uh, Tyson, any last words? Uh, no. I th- I think we all put it pretty pretty well. I'll, all I'll, right, all of us on the back. All right, Stephen. Any yeah, uh, any final words? Yeah, I got to give thanks to uh, Wicked Spursy Dave for letting me out of the cage on this one, and uh, <laughs> you know, footing the bill for my billable hour. Uh, I'll just you know send it to the Wicked Spursy Finance Department. I'm sure we'll cover it, right? Yeah, I I I, uh, I could talk to the finance guys and see what we can do for you. Yeah, Dave, um, get the checkbook out. Um, I, I will thank Dave as well uh, uh, for showing up and coming and and staying in that rainy, rainy weather and watching the match with us uh, last week. It was uh, it was uh, it was a pleasure to hang out with him and and hang out with all of you guys and uh, introducing him to some of our of our Green Mountain boys. So um, Dave will definitely be back up. And until uh, until that time, uh, I just want to say uh, be safe, everyone. Uh, the world is crazy out there. Uh, so just be safe and up the green. Up the green. Up the green. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood A beautiful day for a neighbor Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood A neighborly day for a beauty Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I have always wanted to have a neighbor Just like you 
I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you, so let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you please? Won't you please? Please, won't you be my neighbor? Please, won't you be my neighbor?